Welcome to Fitness in the Word with Benjamin Kasanja. I told us that because we want to be diplomatic and politically correct about everything, we try to remove things that are not in that are in scripture, you try to remove them. That scripture says, you give bountifully, you'll receive bountifully. It is so simple. Sometimes people wonder, why is it that this is the same person blessed to give and give? They give big. You may want me to be politically correct about that. Oh, do you mean whoever does not have is not giving? I mean nothing. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. Praise the Lord. Yeah, there is no politics about it. There is no debate about it. Yeah, you are a generous giver. You will be rewarded generously. Yeah, you're stingy. You will be... Exactly. <laughs> it will just trickle down. And so many times we use it when it comes to money. We use it when it comes to different things that, that, that we give. And he says, whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. Uh, you, that, that's, you know, Bishop Isaiah taught me that very early. He said, you, it's money you need. Sow money. <laughs> Hallelujah. You get what I mean? You know, because... I'll be sowing every other thing apart from money, and I would get that. You get what I mean? Give clothes, give clothes. And people bring clothes even when I need fair. I just bring me clothes. <laughs> they only bring me clothes. Everyone is bringing clothes. You get what I mean? You give food, and you know, you just have a lot of food. No fair, but your fridge, you like, wish I could trade this fridge in for her. I should put this food on Jumia. On... Here he's talking about the voice, and he's saying, what you hear. Take heed what you hear. What you hear. Very important. What you hear. You can underline the word what. What you hear. So what are you hearing? Why does he say this? I think it is because, you see as he tells us from our main text when we are beginning the series. John chapter 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And he says, a voice of a stranger. A stranger they shall not follow. Yeah? Because they hear my voice. Meaning, the voice of a stranger is also available. It is just like radio frequency. Praise the Lord. Right now, as we are seated here, we have radio frequency from every corner, every, all over the world. Depending on whatever tuner or receiver, whatever you have. You can listen to radio right now from China. You can listen to radio from where. You can... It is you who decides. Praise the Lord. I can tell you right now that tune into our service. We have Wi-Fi, so get in and tune into our service. You can go on Facebook right now. Praise the Lord. Many churches are live. So you can listen to many other churches and like, ah, Pastor, that thing you are saying, I did see it. It's because you tuned into the wrong channel. You tuned into the wrong frequency. Hallelujah. If when our guys, I remember when we were in Kisumu, our guys, the, the protocol team with their walkie-talkies, there is a hotel that was there. So I think they had put in the same frequency. So they are communicating to them. They are hearing. They are also hearing the hotel near where we are sleeping. Eh, Fungwa, get. Eh, eh. because <laughs> they're in the, same, in the same frequency so there are frequencies all over so when he tells us take heed what you hear in other words is it the right thing you're meant to be hearing 
Is it what you're hearing? Are you hearing what you're meant to be hearing? Take heed what you hear. Take caution. Be careful about what you hear. Be careful about what you listen to. That is what he's saying. Casting Crown sang, is it Casting Crown? That sang Voice of Truth. Yes, but you know like they are saying, I choose to listen to the voice of truth. There are many other voices that are, are speaking everything. You can never be this. You will never be this. You can, but you know, they are saying, I choose to hear the voice of truth. My voice they hear. A voice of a stranger they shall not hear. They don't follow a stranger because they hear my voice. So the sheep also choose not to hear the stranger. But the stranger will always be there. Praise the Lord. There are many voices in this world. Remember uh, when I was explaining earlier on, I was explaining about prophecy. And I was saying some of these voices are even, you know, many times we are told that to look within, you know, when you look, you look, you look, you look on the outside, you will be overwhelmed. You get what I mean? You look within, you can still be confused. And that is why in Hebrews 12, he tells us, looking unto Jesus. Within is not enough. Within is not enough. Mike reminded me this, and you know, this is something that I've said here over and over, and which was awesome revelation to me, that it is only in Christian meditation that we don't empty ourselves, we fill ourselves. All the other Eastern meditations say, empty yourself, empty yourself, sit and empty yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But we fill ourselves with the word of God. We fill ourselves with the word of God. It is so dangerous for you to be empty. He even tells us in the Bible that when demons come, and that's why you see many of these people who go into transcendental meditation and all those other things, they get filled with demons. Because the house is vacant. They're emptying themselves. Then we empty ourselves in God is by substitution. There is nothing like remove this. And, and we see, it, there is somebody that I was talking about. They didn't want to grow up and be the wife their mom was. They saw how their mom treated their dad. They saw how their mom treated them. And they really tried to empty themselves of their mom. Every talk, I don't want to grow up and be like my mom. I don't. And three years later in their marriage, they are exactly like their mom. And they still hate it. I told them because it is the wrong thing. That's not how it goes. What if you look unto Jesus? Which kind of wife does Jesus want you to be? Which kind of mother does Jesus want you to be? That is what you should focus on. Not who you do not want to be. Focus on who he wants you to be. You look within. I gave you the example of one time when I'm giving a prophecy. And everything was accurate apart from one thing the side that this person was seated on. And it was because of that preconceived ideas in the soul. You get what I mean? So if you look within, at times your thoughts, your, they're not going to be clear. They're not going to be the best. It tells us, take heed what you, what you hear. Yeah? Take heed what you hear. So I say number one is that, steward what you hear. Steward what you hear. Be careful what you hear. What voice are you hearing? What voice are you hearing? That is why it is so important as you see, 
like I say, everyone may have their good time. There's a good time for devotion. You get what I mean? Some people at their best at lunch break. Some people at their best at, at night. Some people at their best at whatever time. You get what I mean? But it is a good practice to give God the first, the first time of your day when you wake up. Because you see, you've not had a lot. You've not been clogged with a lot. David said, early in the morning will I seek you. Praise the Lord. So there's something just powerful about that. Because you are rolling out in a new day. And you've not yet had a lot of distraction, many things that are coming on. Your gym instructor has not shouted at you yet. Your, 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 your boss has not reprimanded you yet. Your baba has not messed your haircut. Your, you know, it's very, it's very easy to just cut out those voices at that time. When you wake up, like it is the first thing to do. I'm not saying it is doctrine, that that is what you must do. But I, I, I think it would work well if your first few minutes of the day are given to God. It would work very well. And any other time that you're at your best, if you know that you're at your best at lunchtime, lunch break, give him good time during that time. If it is at night, give him good time during that time. And you will hear his voice and you will cut out all the other things. What music do we listen to? What, which people do we listen to? And it is going to be very key, especially as we grow in hearing the voice of God. I normally say this, if you know God has called in the prophetic and all this, hang away from gossipers. Far, be far from them. Praise the Lord. Because those are the voices around you. Those are the voices that you're going to be hearing. It says, take heed what you hear. You hang around negativity. It is going to be very hard for you to get clarity of the voice of God because the voice of God has no negativity to it. It is not a voice of weakness. But you know you're around people who... You know one thing that... One thing that used to, to, to even, you know, nowadays because, but I think I should, I, should, I should change and go back. But you see, I came from a world where I could not even stand somebody telling me they are stressed. They are tired. Then I became a pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you know, I just used to feel like you're too negative to just say you're stressed. I just, you see, I had surrounded myself with people who are just so positive. So positive. Everything was, today is going to be a good day. That work was worth it. Instead of saying, ah, we are exhausted. Today we are done. You know, what if we said that work was worth it? Today was worth it. So, hey, today, hey, today. You know, you, every time you're hearing somebody sighing, sighing, you know, it, it just makes you feel like their life is heavy. Their life is just, and eventually it starts getting to you. You start getting tired. And it is going to affect what you hear. You're going, you're going to start hearing God telling you that is enough for today. Yet that's not what God is saying. Yeah, because you hang around people who are showing you that. You know, when I was in college one time and God spoke to me and asked me how far I would be. You know, among us, my peers, I was standing out. I was called college pastor. I was doing great things, doing exploits. Man, 
a college student. Sick people would be brought into college for me to pray for. As a college student, you think you've arrived. Churches are inviting you. You know, you are 20 years old. You're being invited. Come and minister in our Kesha. Uh, we have a man of God from this college. They don't even say you're from a church. <laughs> have a man of God from this college here with us to minister in this Kesha. Bring the sick. There's a man of God coming. You know, like, I feel like ah, at college level and I'm doing things at this level. I'm seeing the power of God. They're inviting me to churches to teach them on how to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to speak in tongues. At 20 year old, I felt like I had arrived. And God spoke to me, do you know how far you would be? And he showed me, and that is how I realized I was way below where he wanted me to be. But because of the voices that were around me, I was not taking heed what I had, what I was hearing. So at times, even your associations, and that's why you see that Jesus, many people say, oh, Jesus ate with sinners, Jesus interacted with people. It is true, but don't you realize that Jesus was the only one talking every time he was with sinners? <laughs> I think sinners used to say he talks too much. He didn't give them a chance to talk. Imagine he came to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, care official, big care official. Living in Kileleshwa, Lovington, with a big mansion. You know, when we talk about Zacchaeus was a tax collector, we think he was on the street saying, I'm going to take your shoes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was an official. He was a big person. He was not chasing people, give me a hundred shillings, no. But Jesus shows up to his house, and when Jesus shows up to his house, Jesus doesn't even wait to be welcomed. He shows up in the house and he starts speaking. <laughs> In a new home, he starts speaking. Jesus. Look at me. He shows up in that temple for God's sake. You're not a priest. You're not a Pharisee. You're not a Sadducee. You show up in the temple and you go straight for the scroll. You know, you could be killed for touching those scrolls. Jesus walked up and got the scroll. Just imagine somebody coming up right here in service and they come and they take a microphone and they start speaking here. That's exactly what Jesus did. Came and took the scroll. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And he went on and on and said, this scripture is fulfilled before you today. Jesus took heed what he heard. He was not going to sit in that church that temple and hear unbelief and hear, and that is why I normally tell people it is good for you to settle in a church. Praise the Lord. But it is tragic for you to settle in a dead church. You're not doing yourself any good. Settling in a church full of unbelief, full of there is nothing good. Praise the Lord. The dead person. Hallelujah. <laughs> now we will get it tomorrow. Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. It will affect your life. Then, he talks about how you hear. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. You know, the Bible tells us that he daily loads us with benefits. He always causes us to triumph. When he's on our side, who can be against us? Now, if he daily loads us with benefits and always causes us to triumph, 
Why should he speak about us having a bad year? Are the daily benefits going to take a break? Is the always triumphing going to stop? Actually, that is being carnal. Looking at the circumstances and thinking that they are more powerful than the word of God. Praise the Lord. And you know, you've seen as a ministry, we've experienced that. When God spoke to us about expansion, God spoke to us about preparation, God spoke to us about increase. Imagine how as a ministry, we increased during COVID. Every year our finances have gone higher and higher. Actually, 2020 during the lockdown, that was a record. As in if we had been here in 2019, we didn't go here. We went here. 2020 was a leap. 2020 was a leap. I told you before, 2020, our monthly budget as a ministry was about 180,000. Monthly budget for the ministry, 2019. You get what I mean? That includes salaries, venue, everything. 180,000. And we thought we were rich. 180,000 a month. That was the ministry. And we were still debt free. We were renting an office on what is that road? Mpangano Street. We were renting an office there. We, you know, we, we were big. <laughs> we had two employees. We were, we were so good. 2020 comes, year of the lockdown, we get a venue. How much is the venue? 230,000 per month. They need two deposits and a rent. And then we need to work on it. We need to put our stage. This stage alone costs over 500,000. Just putting up this stage. In 2020, we come in and you know you have to pay almost a million before starting any work in this place. From a monthly budget of 180,000. And of which whenever we did that 180,000, we didn't remain with 5,000 on the account. You get what I mean? When the month ended, we expected another 180,000. Now God gives us a venue. In the midst of the lockdown, we've never defaulted, not one day. We've never sent out a letter to any of you and said we are in trouble. Send us money. We didn't do a fundraiser to get into this place. No fundraiser. Actually, I communicated, many of you who are there, I communicated to you two weeks before getting here. That's when I told you how much this place is costing. Two weeks before. We didn't have any Americans who came and joined the ministry. We had God's word. We had his word. We could take it to the bank. We had his word. We acted on his word. We acted on his word. And the next year, 2021, people, there are prophecies out there is going to be worse. Corona is going to be what? It's true. Cases of corona increased. Cases, for us, they didn't. And God had spoken to us also that no one in this ministry is going to die to corona. Up to today, no one in this ministry has died to corona. Up to tomorrow, no one in this ministry is going to die to corona. No one. No one. No one. That is God. That is God. That God can be counted on. He can be depended on. He can be depended on. He can be depended on. Praise the Lord. He can be depended on. And we believed that. We were not swayed by what other prophecies, other prophecies that were coming. 
Let me tell you, you can be a collector of prophecies. You get what I mean? And all you'll have to show for them are the prophecies. No manifestation. Paul says, one thing I do. Many Christians don't want to choose one thing. Maturity comes when you settle. You know, this is where God wants me to be, and you settle for that. I remember when I was a young Christian, I ran everywhere. You know, oh, prophet so-and-so is in town. I went there. Prophet so-and-so is in town. You know, like a toddler. You know why they are called toddlers? Yeah, because of that. They were like, ah, pastor, excuse me, today I will not be able to serve in worship team because prophet so-and-so has come. And uh, Prophet so and so, imagine he skipped me, he prophesied to everyone and skipped me. He's not a man of God. If he was a real man of God, he would also have talked to me. And you know, and look at those toddlers. How, how is their growth? 16 years later, they are hoping from church to church. Praise the Lord. City Hopa Cathedral. You know, just. That's the truth. You know, I would understand if you are a baby believer. You get what I mean? But if 15 years later, you're not settling. I know there is a time that I was asking you here, because it's a question that I also got to realize. Your home church, your group, your family, church family, is, is your home. You grow best because of your home not the restaurant or the birthday party. Your mom may cook githeri and omena every day, but it is what brought you up. It is not your neighbor who threw a party and had better food than you have at home. You get what I mean? So in your church, they may not be prophesying to you every day. They, you may not be getting slain every day. They may not be talking about revival every day. But you can go wherever they are talking about revival everywhere and you'll still be the same. And I'll ask the question again. How far have you gone? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Count the number of conferences you've run to. You get what I mean? And show the change. It's true the excitement was there. And I want us to go. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I want us to attend. Attend conferences, you know, like... Get, but you know, that is like a restaurant. That's like a, a party that is thrown at your workplace, end of your party. You have to come back home and make uji and, and githeri the next day. You, you know, you can just, hey, there was meat. There was, and it will just stay in your thoughts, there was meat. Yeah. So all you have to say is, hey, when pastor so-and-so came, there was power, there was power, there was power. And that's all you have to say. No one sees the power with you. But the people you're admiring, those people were settled. That's why you can admire them. Corey Ten Boom tell, told Miles Monroe, Miles Monroe asked her how she's been so effective. By that time she was in her 80s and she had come to speak at Oral Roberts University. Miles Monroe was a, a student at Oral Roberts University. And one of the things she told him is, grow where you are planted. Grow where you are planted. Grow where you are planted. Praise the Lord. You're not going to spiritually mature because of a conference. You're not spiritually going to mature because of... There's going to be excitement. You're going to be able to show it. And I saw that. You know, I even saw that with... Especially, you know, when I just started following Bishop Isaiah. There were people that were close to Bishop Isaiah. They are there in every service. They are in every... You get what I mean? 
And for me, I go for service. Then when I hear, oh, Reinhard Bonke has come. Oh, Andrew Womack has come. Oh, so and so has come. Hey, I'm like, <laughs> Bishop Isaiah, you're not seeing me today. Well, I would not tell him. But you know, I'm just... But when we would go out to minister, these guys who didn't attend Reinhard Bonke, they didn't attend uh, Andrew Womack, they were more impactful. Those are the guys who stood on the platform and I'm like, so I'm like, what if I'm missing something that this man carries? Because every time, whatever we don't have is normally more powerful. You get what I mean? Whatever is new is more powerful. Whatever, we, whatever is new is better. Whatever is new is better. So that happens in church. That happens in marriages. That happens in, you know, now being a person living between two countries, I can tell that a lot. I go to Uganda, I see things Ugandans talk down on their country. You know, I saw when they, when they go to Ugandan airlines, they are making fun of Uganda airlines. They are, you know, I've used Uganda, yeah, we've used Uganda airlines and KQ. And you know, you're like, but you know, when you don't know, oh, the other thing is always better. You get what I mean? It's always better. And that happens also in church. The other church is always better than yours. The other man of God is always better than your man of God. The other, because you don't know them. But when you look around, you realize that you're only growing because of where you are planted. Growth comes with, growth does not come with excitement. Food that excites you, that's why we call it, what do we call it? We call it what food? What do we call that food? That uh, chips? What do we call that food? Not junk, not even fast food. Comfort, like comfort food. Okay, yeah, comfort food. There's also another word. Yeah, but yeah, comfort food, that would also work. You never grow by comfort food. It is not what grows you. It gives you excitement. And as good as it is, you can't grow. Even if you are given every day, you can't grow by it. You get what I mean? As good as you love as much as you love burger king yeah start eating burger king in the morning afternoon every day you're not going to grow praise the lord weight does not mean you're growing it is one of the parameters for growth but it is not enough yeah so you may gain weight but that will not mean that you're growing you get what i mean now that is what happens with all these other you know conferences, meetings, what they are good. It is good to treat ourselves once in a while. It's good for you to go to pizza in once in a while. But it is good for you to know that it doesn't grow me. Go get inspired. You see, when I go to these restaurants, I get inspired to try out new recipes. I get inspired to do new things. When we go out there for a conference, a mighty man of God comes. And you've seen, I recommend you guys to go for conferences. You get what I mean? I invite you actually. So I have nothing against conferences. You get what I mean? Yes, and I've also been inspired from conferences. But when I came back, I realized that it is the githeri, the milk, the porridge that grows me. It is coming and sitting in church. No hand was laid on me that day, but I was taught. No, you know, after a long time, I realized I'm actually growing. I'll go attend, a prophet will prophesy, I'm so wild, wow, he's so accurate, he's so accurate. But I still don't know how to hear the voice of God until I sit somewhere somebody teaches me how to hear the voice of God I go I see how powerfully they pray they talk about prayer 
but I'm not taught about praying. So I don't grow in my prayer life. I'm just excited, I'm inspired, but I have to go back where somebody will teach me on prayer. Praise the Lord. Very important for you. Very important. So in taking, as we take heed what we hear, that is so important. That is so important. You may be hearing things that don't necessarily grow you. They may be good things, but they don't necessarily grow you. So it's good for you to settle. Because look at your life if this has been your life. Are you not tired of being nowhere? Are you not tired that how many times it's been prophesied to you how you're going to be a mighty woman of God, a mighty man of God, how you're going to preach, how you're going to cause revival? And you're not, you're looking for another word every other day. You're looking, it, 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 the power of God becomes like a, a what? A drug word, buzz. You know, a buzz. You, I don't know if, is buzz still used today? We of the 70s could use that. But you know, like uh, 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 some, like uh, a height you get from drugs. You get what I mean? Hey, you say, hey, I need some more today. Hey, and you see you have your ID here. You know, you, then you go and then you come back and take another one. So that's what it becomes. There's another conference that has come. Let me go get buzzed again. Shh, you get buzzed. Hey, you wait. When is another man of God coming around? When is an, let me go get buzzed. It doesn't work that way. As you mature, you get to a place where you don't need that buzz. You need discipline. There is food we eat right now because of discipline. There is food we eat right now. It, when we were young, we ate because of taste. That was enough. You get what I mean? I don't like that, but it doesn't taste good. I don't like that. Today we eat. You know, there is a time I was eating eggs until I... My wife can tell you. Like, during Because, you know, as doing strength training in the gym and... Eggs are one of the easiest ways you're sure that you've taken in most of the things and protein. So, you know, that time I was doing what? I, I was told to do six eggs a day. I was trying to do four eggs a day. After is it how many days? Less than a week. I hated to even look at an egg. You get what I mean? Looking at it, you feel traumatized. You know, you see, the, the, you walk on the road and there's that guy who boils eggs. And... <laughs> You're traumatized. But you now come home and I'm like, how can, I, can we put it in a salad? Can we, you know, put it in a salad mixed with carrots, lettuce and what and eat them again? It's not that I wanted to eat them. But it was going to give me the results. In a family, what we eat is not always what is most exciting, but is what is necessary for us. In a church... What you receive is not necessarily what is always exciting. In a church, you'll receive, you'll be reprimanded. In a church, you'll be rebuked. Somebody will rub you the wrong way. Something will happen. In a conference, nothing like that will happen. No one knows you enough to rebuke you for your bad breath. No one knows you enough to, 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 to tell you why you're not at work. You get what I mean? In churches where those things are going to happen, and that's why you're going to grow Many of the kids, you see, many of the children, we, we've, we've, uh, many of these people that we've got from, who have come from the streets, one of the greatest challenges that we've had is settling them in a home. Because they are not used to a life of responsibility. You get what I mean? They are not used to a life of responsibility. When there's somebody that even got a job and all that, they were being paid 500 shillings. They work from eight, I think, to six. They came and told me, that's very little money for all that work. I told him, the guys you're working with have homes. 
They have degrees, some of them. This job is below their qualification. And they're not complaining about that money. But you see, he doesn't know that because he's not been in that. Now, when we grow up in homes, that is why homes are so important. God created it that way. Homes are so important. There are things you learn that you can't learn in life out there. At home, we learn to go to school, whether the teacher likes us or not. You know what I mean? Many, many of the, the street children that we've worked with, even when they go back to school, they can't stand school because the teacher punished them. It was unfair. Praise the Lord. And I was, talk, I was talking to, to Mato. I was talking to Mato. He's here. At least Mato, I'm sure he's going back to school now. <laughs> yes, yeah? Yeah, he's now, he's now in a very good home somewhere in, in, in Gong. Got a good home. But the first time he ran away from school, and ran away from school, he told me, they are not treating him right. And I told him we were also not treated right. But we didn't have that option. You get it? There are times I was disciplined and it was not right. It was unfair. The teacher was wrong. But the option of running away from school was not, an, it was not there. Why? Because I was raised up in a home. You get what I mean? And that is what happens. You're raised up in a church. You're raised up in a community where there is accountability. You don't just run away. You know, you come, you know now, you what? Pastor will still ask you, why are you not coming to church? So and so talked bad about me. You must come back to church. And you function very well in the world out there. You function better in the world out there. Hallelujah. Statistics has it that people who are churched have better marriages than people who are not. Opposite of what is being propagated on social media, you know. That's what they talk. Oh, Christians can't do well in marriage. Christians are naive and what? Statistics by secular people shows. And think about, and, and you know, they are just saying Christians like religion, Catholic, Mormon, what? They are not even just saying Holy Ghost filled Christians. Why? Because to the institution, there is a kind of discipline, there is a kind of that is required also in marriage. You get what I mean? All that was for free. Point number two, how <laughs> steward how you hear. I'm not charging anybody. But no, just take a minute and thank God. You thank God that we have his word. Thank him that we can depend on him. Thank him that he can lead us. That amidst all these circumstances, we can follow his word. He speaks to us. Like I've said how he spoke to us all throughout this COVID time, the prophecies he gave us at the beginning of the year were good, and we have experienced them. We believed them. A thousand fell on our side, 10,000 on our right side, but it did not come near us because God has, had given us his word, and we could rely on his word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you are alive. Thank you that you speak to us. Thank you that you lead us. What a wonderful God we have. What a glorious God we have. Let's get up on our feet and thank him. Thank him. He's our ora hate lemo shakanda lika yada libo sato liba. Radoya bashekoti la masande libra. Ora hata yalaba. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your awesome word. Thank you, Father. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for guiding us. We have a testimony. We have a testimony. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. 
we give you glory thank you father thank you lord amen amen let's take our seats luke chapter 8 verse 18 he says take heed therefore how you hear you see the first one he said take heed what you hear now he said take heed how you hear what you hear how you hear for whosoever hath to him shall be given and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have now he's not talking about money here he's talking about the voice of god he's talking about what you hear do you have some words you've heard from god how do you steward them more will come to you more clarity will come to you why should god speak to you why should god give you a second instruction when you've not acted on the first one. Now, how you hear is different from what you hear. I've given you this example many times. When God speaks to you, or when God spoke to me, I was in high school, and he's saying, you shall go to different nations, you shall preach the gospel, you shall see the lame walk, you shall see the dead raised. You will go to different nations. Thousands of people shall come for you. He was showing me those visions, you know, in different countries. I remember when I was in, I was in Form 5, I saw a vision. as, And one of the things that proved to me that that vision was from God, I was putting on a suit. Many of you who are not new to this ministry, you know how I hated suits. <laughs> yeah. Suits is a very recent thing for me. So I hated suits. Actually, when I was in high school, I... I thought that I would never put on suits in my whole life. That's what I thought. Never. When I came to Kenya, somebody prophesied to me I would put on suits. In 2014, he told me I would put on suits and I would be going around. He saw me going to Kisumu, going to Mombasa. Going. He's like, you're going to preach around different counties in this nation in suits. I talked to the guys that I was with and all this guy has missed it. He doesn't even know how I don't like suits. You get what I mean? So during now Kisumu, during Kisumu Ignite, I posted, I posted about the, 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 the suit, the yellow and what. I'm like, hey, this suit made for me by House of Bemi and what. And he commented on it. So I reminded him, do you remember you who prophesied on, on this, about this? 2014, as in, <laughs> who could convince me to put on a suit? Only God. Only God. Like, <laughs> I would have never. So when I was in Form 5, I saw... I saw this vision. And in this vision, I was putting on a suit. And I, I had an interpreter. I was putting on a suit. And we were, I was standing somewhere. You know, in the vision, I just knew that this is in the United States. There were, we were like, we had many people by between uh, tall buildings, skyscrapers, and we are in such a place. I'm like, this must be. You know, like that's how I knew that this is not something made up. This is not my own thought. I'm putting on a suit. <laughs> like I was so shocked that I was putting on a suit in my vision. So shocked. And seeing all those things as God is speaking. When he says, take heed how you hear. What am I hearing? Am I hearing you're going to be famous? You're going to travel a lot? You're going to fly a lot? You're going to get visas? You're going to be respected. You're going to be an important man. Take heed how you hear. Or what I should hear should be, God loves thousands of people. 
he wants to reach out to people in every county in every nation god has a burden for these people you get what i mean when god is speaking to you i'm going to make you very wealthy you'll support your family you'll support this what are you hearing i'll have a house in ronda <laughs> all those people who despised me in high school <laughs> I'll be driving by them and lowering my window. Is that what you're hearing? Or you're hearing that God does not want your family to suffer in poverty? Or what you're hearing is that God wants people to be blessed? Take heed how you hear. So important. You're hearing the voice of God. But how are you hearing? How are you hearing the voice of God? How do you hear the voice of God? When Jesus told Peter, flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. How did Peter hear? Do you know what Peter had? You are a prophet. You are better than all these disciples. That's what Peter had. <laughs> because when Jesus, because Peter had never corrected Jesus up to that moment. Then now Jesus started telling them how he's going to die. And Peter is like, come here. <laughs> you know I'm the prophet. Now, none of these things is, and Jesus told him, get behind me, Satan. For thou savarest the things that be not of God. When did Peter start to think the things that be not of God? It was when he was told, flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. Peter didn't think, wow, God, you're awesome. You can reveal such things. Peter thought, <laughs> guys, you heard him. <laughs> I've been telling you, <laughs> Jesus himself, it's come from his mouth. <laughs> I'm the man of God. I'm the man of God. Yeah? Peter is so happy. So, take heed how you hear. What you hear and how you hear. So important. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. It is so amazing to receive grace. More grace. I think I've taught about grace sometime and I was telling us, grace is multifaceted. There is grace, saving grace. He talks about saving grace. Grace to strengthen us. Grace, because some people say, oh, we've already received grace. We don't need to receive any more grace. No, we need we need to receive. He is given, but we need to receive. Why do you think Paul prays for these people? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He writes, even Peter is writing and he's saying, grace and peace be multiplied. So grace can be multiplied to you. And it is, it is so necessary to have grace in whatever you do. Praise the Lord. And that is how we always know that we are going to triumph. Because if I believe that I have his grace, whatever venture I'm taking on, his grace... Grace is divine enablement. Many times people define it just as favor unmerited for. That is, that is a small part of it. It is, great, it is divine enablement. It is, it is supernatural ability that you do not deserve. That is, is not like, like what I was telling you that God can be dependent on. Coming into this place with no fundraiser at the level we were as a ministry. You know, that time we were... Like I was saying, 180,000 a month. You know, today that is almost our weekly collection. 
about that. that the actual our weekly collection sometimes supersedes that. You get what I mean? Yeah. And that, like, I can try to say, oh, you see, we are, we are good. <laughs> we have a team of good investors and what? That's all a lie. It is God's grace. It's God's grace. You step out of hearing him, you step out of his presence and you step out of his grace. His grace leads you. Praise the Lord. He says he gives more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth. Now that word resisteth the proud. That word, you know, in the, when you read the New Testament, you realize that many of the Greek words and the, the Greek words, many of them are sports words. They are derived from sports or military, many of them. And I think because of the time that they, they were during the time the Roman soldiers were all over. So Paul referred to that a lot. People knew a lot. Military presence was felt. It was like a, a, a military government or reign. But that was also the time that the Olympics began. You see, like that, that was the time Olympia, Athens, that, that's the time they were having these games. So you hear Paul saying, as a boxer, I, I punch, I do this. He says when people are racing, they race according to the... You, you get what I mean? You hear him use sports and army a lot. Put on the whole armor, then a lot of that. No soldier goes to battle. So this word that he uses here, resisteth, is a word from sports. God joins the opposing team. That's what he means. When you're not humble, yeah, he tackles you himself. If you're not humble, you set yourself against God himself. Don't you see how he tackled Peter? Get thee behind me, Satan. Because Peter didn't take heed what, how he had. So he became proud. I'm the chief advisor for Jesus now. Ah, Jesus, you can't die. These things you're talking about, what are you talking about? You remember that flesh and blood didn't reveal the other things to me? I have some more things that flesh and blood have not revealed to me. <laughs> and Jesus tackled him. Get thee behind me, Satan. So when you're not humble, you set yourself against. God sets himself against you. I know you may think, but why would God set, why would a loving God set himself against us? It is because he's still a loving God. He would rather be the one to tackle you than the enemy to tackle you. He tackles you with love. Him telling Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He did it with love and he knew it would preserve Peter. If he had let Peter go on like that and not tackled him, that devil would have sifted him literally like he had spoken. And he would have got lost. Praise the Lord. And there are many examples that we will see in the Bible about that. Especially Old Testament that shows this. He says, take heed what you hear. And how you hear. And then verse 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Sometimes if the devil is always having your lunch, popping the basket. and uh, Like the devil just has a seat in your house. Check your heart with God. Without humility, you cannot resist the devil. Because more grace is needed to resist the devil. But that grace will only come if you submit yourselves to God, which is humility. So if you're humble, you are on the same team with God. 
And how does I like somebody give this example? If you're on the same team with God, you know how they play rugby. Yeah, Kenya at least knows rugby. You know, you run with the ball. Yeah. So when you, you when you when God is starting, this is how God wants you to play when you're playing rugby. He's like you're the one with the ball. You're in charge, but I want you to just run after me. God wants to be in front of you. You submit to Him, and God runs. And whichever devil comes, he tackles. Is that how they tackle? Am I doing it well? Ah, Lydia, you're saying no. Ah. Flesh and blood has not revealed. <laughs> yeah, but God wants to lead that way. He wants to be in front, so you're following, and the path is made for you. Now, if you're not humble. He leaves and goes and joins the other team. Now as you run, you run into him. You run into God. But it's still because of his love. Because when he tackles you, he will not destroy you. If the other team tackles you, they will destroy you. He tackles you and you will learn a lesson. And now, many times when we are starting, starting in ministry, whatever, what do we say? God, me... <laughs> I'm the least in our family. Hey, God. But if you will go today, be with me, be with me. Then after you start seeing some successes, you're like, God, I think you can leave. I can take this ball by myself. You know. So, that. I'm the one who does that. So when God leaves you, he doesn't join your team behind you. He joins the other team. Hallelujah. Take heed how you hear take heed how you hear humble yourself so as you hear the word that god is speaking to you do you hear his heart do you hear his heart or you hear what you want to hear you can always hear what you want to hear when god is speaking today especially today with the politically correct society there are many things that we choose not to hear when god says you get what I mean? Earlier on, I was just telling you about the thing of offering. Today, how many people are proud that in our church, we don't sow seed? Our church is a good church. We don't sow seed. We don't give what? We don't sow seed. We don't give tithe. We don't. It's politically correct. You get what I mean? But it is not biblically correct. And you know that there are preachers who are thriving on that also. That's what they preach. They think it makes them cool. You know, when we were just beginning ministry, I didn't want to collect offering. Because everyone was criticizing me for not going to studying and now not going to take this job you're going to. So, I wanted to prove to them that I'm not in ministry for money. What did I want to do? To be politically right. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wanted to be politically right. And I was rebuked one day by Bishop Isaiah himself. You think you can sustain the work of God? So you will never be rich enough to get authority to refuse children of God from giving. That is how God created it and that's how it has to be. Jesus, the Son of God, came from heaven. Yeah? There were women that supported him. You now you'd think that since he came from heaven when he reached 30, there is a room that is going to be in his house just full of money. Every day he goes and gets in. 
No. Like God created it that way. We work as a body. Even Jesus had to be, he had to receive money. Even had a treasurer and had to receive that money. But you know, such things are no longer politically correct. So if God speaks to you in that line, you don't take heed how you hear. You, you want to hear in your own way. Totally wrong. Take heed how you hear. Hear what God is saying. And that is why even as we read the Bible, he says the, the Holy Spirit is the interpreter for the Bible. No scripture is of private interpretation because they were not from man's own initiation. Man didn't initiate. Man didn't originate the scripture. It is the Holy Spirit who breathed upon them as they spoke. So as you read scripture, do you listen to the Holy Spirit? What are you telling me? What are you speaking to me? Otherwise, you will use scripture to say whatever you want it to say. Do you know that? It's very easy to use. You can use scripture to say anything you want it to say. We can use scripture to say we should not meet on Sunday. It is wrong. And we'll get scriptures for that. We'll use scripture to say we must meet on Monday. And we'll get scriptures for that. You get what I mean? Yeah? Yeah, the Samra was saying we'll use scripture and say, we can take scripture and say, you see, this was written to the Hebrews. This was written to the Jews. It was written to the Jews. And we put away everything that God said because it was written to the Jews. You can use scripture to say whatever you want to say. But what if you take heed how you hear and you decide to hear according to how he wants you to hear? That will help you a lot. Hallelujah. Don't set yourself against God. Let God not resist you. Be on his side. Let God not resist you. Stay humble. Even as you grow, even as you hear and you get victories, you always remember that this has happened because of God. And you always come back to him. Don't ever live like you fully figured it out. Always come back to God. Hallelujah. Number three and the last one. Obey or heed. Heed is H-E-E-D. Obey or take heed. Obey or heed. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amitai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. You can underline from the presence of the Lord. And went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. At least Jonah was a preacher who pays fare. Thereof. And went down into it to go with them into Tashish from the presence of the Lord. You can underline presence of the Lord again. Whenever you do not obey God or take heed, you walk away from his presence. Jonah was in his home or wherever. I don't know wherever he was. But God is emphasizing to us that him going another direction, he walked away from his presence. So in other words, if he had gone to Nineveh, he would still be in his presence because that is what God had told him to do. So as we steward the voice of God, it's important to stay in his presence. In his presence, there is joy. There is peace. Actually, he says at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. As right as it seems, if it is not what God has said, you're out of his presence. 
And God only functions in his presence. Praise the Lord. His presence is his jurisdiction. You take heed what you hear. What are you listening to? Which voice are you listening to? Is it contrary to what God says? Are you listening to people telling you you're going to be sickly this year, you're going to be broke this year, you're going to sin, you're going to fall, you're going to do this? Is that what you're listening to so much? Then why do you act surprised when those things happen? You get what I mean? Like, oh, we had a prophecy that this year is going to be tough. And come, Pastor, you pray for me, the year is tough. <laughs> Shouldn't we just let God's will be done? It's because, you see, you, you, you are... <laughs> yeah. It's because you are... That, that is what you... Hung, that's what you... You didn't take heed what to hear, what to listen to. You know, Jesus took heed what he had. Even when he got to Lazarus, when Lazarus had died. You know that Jesus didn't go into the house? He didn't even reach the home? Today we would say that is mean. But Jesus had to steward what he had. He knew that if he went into that home, everyone would just be like, if you were here early, now four days, he's even rotten. No, uh, even if we needed a miracle, have you ever heard of anyone raised after four days? The other widow's son had just died that day. Yeah, you know, they had all those stories. So Jesus was not going to go there. The Bible says he stopped. Before, when he was almost getting into their town, actually, he stopped. And they came and he asked them, so where is he buried? And he went directly. And the Bible says when he got there, he groaned in himself. Why did he groan? I believe to silence whatever voice was coming in. And he prayed. And what was his prayer? Father, thank you that you've already heard me. But because of this, silencing the voice that was there. Hallelujah. Jesus was key on that. Even when he's speaking to the disciples, he doesn't want to tell them Lazarus is dead. Because he doesn't want to hear anything contrary to what God is doing. He doesn't want to hear that. So if you steward that way, you will hear more. You will hear more words of faith. God will speak to you things because you're stewarding that very well. The last one which is obey, I've said, like Jonah walked away from the presence of God. And like I've said, why should God tell you more? You know, Jonah would have waited for God to bring him a new word in Tashish or a new word while in the boat. And you see, like in that boat, literally God set himself on the other team. That sea was tossed. The boat was tossed on the sea. Why? Because Jonah was not humble enough to take heed of what God had spoken to him. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And things were happening. And why does God tackle Jonah? So that he can repent. God sets himself against him so that Jonah can repent. Because God knows that if I get him on the sea, I'll prepare a fish to swallow him. And I've always told people say, oh, the Bible is not biologically correct. No fish swallows a person. A whale cannot swallow a human being. It is the Bible. Praise the Lord. If it had said Jonah swallowed the well, it's what I would be preaching. <laughs> I'll be telling you Jonah swallowed the well. 
and the well was in his stomach for three days. <laughs> then he spit it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but God knew that if I don't tackle Jonah, he will go to Tarshish, and his ministry will totally come to an end. But if he's thrown in the sea, he's in the fish for three days. How many know that if you're in the fish for three days, you can repent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah? You know, just by being around a landing site, you can repent. <laughs> what of inside the fish? You know, many times we are outside the fish and we can't stand the stench. What of inside? <laughs> He'll surely repent. And he repented. So if we are to steward his voice, in this last point, what is the last thing that God spoke to you? What is the last instruction that God gave to you? Why are you waiting for a new one? Go back to that old one like Jonah did. You go back and begin from there. You get what I mean? Go back and begin from there. Do your retake. You have to do it. Why graduate? You have to do it. In part of becoming a good steward of the voice, you're like, God, you spoke this to me last year, and I, I was not obedient, and I'm now, I'm sorry, and I'm going back to start with that. Let me start with that. That is stewarding. I told you one of the ways when I was learning to hear the voice of God, one time it was a scratch card. I've told you about that many times. But I was, I was walking at both airtime. And generally, I don't litter. Uh, my parents told me not to litter. So I grew up littering. You know, you know how you're growing up and you're in town, you, have, you see your friends throw a bottle maybe of water, and you see, you see your mother around, and you just keep yours. And, <laughs> you get what I mean? You just hear her voice. <laughs> litter it, and I'll see you. <laughs> you will see me. You know? So you, know, you just keep hearing that voice. So I, I just knew not to litter. I don't litter. It's, it's bad. It's, I want to take photos of cars that are littering and put them on Facebook. But so this, it fell because I was playing with it. I was playing with it like this. So I didn't intend to drop it. I was carrying it and it fell. So when it fell, I'm walking on a dusty road. So I didn't want to pick it because it's dusty. There is no way you're going to pick that small card without touching the dust. So, the Holy Spirit told me, pick it. I'm like, ah, you know. Uh. After walking for about a kilometer, he told me, go back and pick it. It's at night. A kilometer. And I'm there reasoning. And, you know, but you see in me, I'm like, okay, if I had picked it that time, <laughs> I wouldn't need to go back a kilometer. <laughs> I didn't pick it at that time. And... I walked and went, and miraculous. This is a road where cars are passing and what, but it was there at night. It was there waiting for me. And I picked it. And God told me, if you had not responded to that, you would be training yourself to be so slow to hear me. Learn to act quick on spiritual instruction. Delay is the same as disobedience. There's a time, another time God had spoken to us 
with my wife. A few years ago, we were just newly married. God had spoken to us to get a certain sum of uh, amount of money to give to a certain person, a certain minister. I meant to give them 40,000. Yeah. It was 40,000 that time. And which we had to believe for. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we, we delayed and delayed and, and delayed until that minister was now out of the country and you know, things like that. And during that time, there is something that we were meant to get, something that we were meant to have. And we didn't get it. And I knew in my heart that it is because we didn't obey that time. We did not obey. And God wants us always to go back and start there again. What instruction has God given to you? Is it to preach to your family? You went to Ushago and you sat down with them and he told you to speak to them and you didn't speak to them. The best thing you can do is to take a bus this week. Go speak to them. Because at times we think that he's going to make it simpler for us. No. If he makes it simpler for you, he's not training you right to steward his voice. As you go through the sacrifice of making it to come to pass, you will value that voice the next time you'll be quick to respond to that instruction. You will take heed what you hear, you'll take heed how you hear, and you'll be quick to obey and take action. Not like Jonah. Jonah had, and he went his way. And he says he walked out of God's presence. Our, during this week, we had a training here, and I was telling people that sometimes even some of the things that we have funny sicknesses, funny things like I was saying, the devil is seated in your home doing many things. Many times it's because of this. But you see, when you walk away from his voice, you've walked away from his presence. So if you've walked away from his presence, the devil has, the devil has free access. He can come and do whatever he wants to do. He can come and do whatever he wants to do. But if you are in his presence, these divine protection for you that you may not even recognize. As everyone around you is telling you, everyone has the flu. You didn't even know it was a flu season. You get what I mean? I do know children are getting this at school. Your children are not getting it. You get what I mean? That's the same thing I was telling us as I was surprised and I had the statistics that churches, their finances went 65% down. Because to us, we were like in a bubble. We didn't experience it at all. If there was any growth, maybe we were above 65% growth. Not the other way around. During COVID. It is important to obey his voice. Obey God. Follow God. Praise the Lord. You are a prophet. We said you should prophesy. Praise the Lord. You're not in, I'm not saying you're in the office of a prophet. I'm not saying go print business cards. But if you should prophesy, if you hear the voice of God from all this that we have been learning, then stewarding it is very important. We've practiced how to hear, we've listened, and it is very good. But it is not enough. How do you steward it? Are you going to be like that young prophet? Is somebody going to come and steal the word of God from you? Are you going to be confused? You hear something from God and someone comes and says, you know, it doesn't work that way. You're not a good steward of what God has told you. 
Because that's what that prophet was told. A senior prophet, actually. A bigger prophet. I would respect him. What have you heard from God? What have you heard from God? In this tough season, how can you give a good prophecy about Zaya? Because I steward what I hear. I'm not going to allow the season to steal what I hear. I'm not going to prophesy. Is that prophecy even? If I'm just speaking what is happening in the season. Prophecy is son of man. Speak to those dry bones. That is prophecy. That is the word of God. It will speak contrary to the negative situation. It will speak contrary to it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to get up on your feet. And I want you to speak to God. According to how you've heard. According to how his, his word has come to you. If you need to say you're sorry for where you've not obeyed. Ask him for forgiveness. If you need to make a commitment that you're going to go back. And do this that you already knew to do. I want to speak. I want you to speak about that. I want you to raise those hands. It's not time to, 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 to wait for service to end. It's time for you to pray. It is time for you to pray. Speak to God. Speak to God about what you're hearing. Speak to him about stewarding you, stewarding his voice. Speak to him about you will be a good steward. From today, you, you don't want to come into a season where you say, I'm not hearing God's voice anymore. I don't hear his word anymore. It's been a while since God last spoke to me. That normally happens because of not stewarding his voice. That should not happen. You should be hearing the voice of God on a daily basis. You should be hearing the voice of God consistently. I tell him, yes, I'll be a good steward. I choose to be a good steward. I'll follow. I don't want to walk away from your presence. I don't want to set myself against you. I don't want to be resisted. I want to follow you. I want to follow your word. I want to hear you guide me in my education, in my parenting, in my business, in my ministry, in my family, in whatever I do. As I read the word, in my pursuit of you, I want to hear you. I want to see you lead me. I want to see you lead me. Thank you, Father. Yes, Holy Spirit. Quicken us. Remind us where we need to obey you. Remind us what we need to make right. Yes. Yes. Oh, Did God tell you to leave that relationship? Leave it. Break it right now. Break it right now. It is not going to amount to anything good. You will push on with that relationship and push on with that relationship. You will have more kilometers to walk back eventually because in the end it will fail did he tell you to 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 change that business or to work in a certain place you go back and obey yes yes make that decision tell him make that decision make that decision make that decision make that commitment tell him you should be being a good steward is being grateful for the times God has led you into victory. How many times has he spoken to you and it has turned out so good? It is so important that you continue that way. Thank you, Father. I'll raise those hands. I should lift those hands. He's ministering to you right now. Some of us have been in a very hard place, very difficult place. 
sometimes it's because we just need to make that turn. You need to change course. That things are hard. Things are tough. Because you ignored that voice. Because that time you ignored that voice. And things have become tough. Things are not going to become easier. You just need to be the one to make a turn around. And gradually, you will get back to where he wants you to be. Things will get back there. A lot of sacrifice that we go through, shame that we go through, embarrassment that we go through, many times it is because we ignored. We ignored when he wanted to lead us, when he wanted to be on our team. We thought we could be in control. Father, thank you for everyone here today. I speak your grace, your grace, as they've humbled themselves, your grace to resist whatever the devil may be doing. Even when he thinks that he has a basis to do what he wants to do, that these are your children and the devil should take his dirty hands off of them. They should enjoy their freedom. They should enjoy their joy. They should enjoy their peace. Even right now, quicken them. Show them what they can do right in stewarding that voice stewarding that last time they had that instruction of your voice that they walk back to that to see that that none of these under my voice shall come to a place where they say I can't hear God's voice nowadays God does not speak to me that never will that be heard from them because they choose to be good stewards and like you have said, whoever has shall be given more. That as they steward these instructions that you have given to them, on a daily basis they will hear you guide them, speak to them in many ways, in many different ways. 